All right. So, topic today is Birur Yahadus, proving, establishing someone's Jewish bona fides. Are they in fact Jewish? So, that's one of the big questions we have today. It has a lot of aspects to it, both from a halachic aspect of Bechlal, proving someone's Jewish Bechlal, specifically for marriage, even specifically when marrying a Kayan. And then it has many uh, aspects inside the reality, right? So there's whatever is going on currently in the United States, whatever the situation is here now, uh, the situation in Russia, whatever is unique to proven Jewishness. Peter What? Bonafides? Yeah. So, uh, so there's the, the, a number of halachic aspects, and there are a number of... Um, Aspects relating to the reality, which is what's going on in the United States at the moment, what's going on in Russia at the moment, what's going on in Israel at the moment. Uh, Lately, there have been some high-profile incidents, stories of uh, missionaries that are going uh, under deep cover into the firm community, and clearly not enough questions were asked along the way, not necessarily. Um... Just today, there was an article going around about uh, a particular instance, a newer one, newer names, and how uh, they laundered themselves through a Chabad house at some point. You know, one of their stops along the way was at the, the local Chabad house. So it's uh, more relevant uh, than ever, you know, heading close to home. But it uh, seems that what halacha actually has to say about this, what is the basic uh, halachic uh, approach to this question, is probably not so famous, not so well known. So on the one hand, we know generally from experience, you know, on the one hand, it doesn't seem like any person who just shows up in shul or base medrash to learn, yeshiva to learn, it doesn't seem like we uh, immediately get on their case and start uh, checking their records. Of course, it always depends on how you know, realistic and honest and uh, legitimate the guy seems. You know, you have cases where the person just, you know, is raising red flags. But otherwise, if it more or less sounds reasonable, right, we usually don't uh, give them a hard time. That's like every uh, area in life, you know. Someone comes and tells you that they're, you know, so-and-so. So most of the time people tell you who they are usually tell the truth. Sometimes they... Uh, they're obviously lying, and sometimes, or occasionally, you have liars who actually are good at uh, covering it up. Even when it comes to marriage, lavdafka, there's any consistent approach to checking who's who before a marriage. Um, could be some rabbanim more, some rabbanim less, some rabbanim used to not, maybe they started, but we certainly know that uh, it's not. Uh, there's no uh, official, consistent, systematic approach, especially here in the United States. Uh, so generally, whoever is already part of the community for a while and has, you know, a reputation uh, over whatever it is, five years, ten years, certainly more, uh, has a reputation as a Jew, you know, usually uh, you, you, they don't get uh, investigated too much. other hand, we know generally in, in Israel, we know the Rabbanot has a reputation that uh, comes to Russians, they uh, give them a hard time. Um trying to get them to bring documents, proofs, this, that. Uh, on the other hand, specifically with the case of the missionary recently, it seemed like the Rabbanut had not done uh, sufficient homework. So I don't, personally don't have any uh, personal uh, involvement with any case like this, and this is not the share of halacha l'maysa mamish, disclaimer. 
So in any practical case, of course, you'll just uh, reach out to Rav, who's uh, familiar, who's an expert on this topic. But I'd like to present some of the uh, halachic background. What is the halachic discussion that leads up to the situation we are in today? And, and, and then I want, at the end, I want to conclude with a specific thing related to Kayanim uh, in particular. So, right, so Bechal, you have a question about someone. So there's a few questions. Maybe he's a mamzer. They are a mamzer. Maybe they're a guy. Or maybe to woman, maybe specifically, there's a psal for kahuna, for marrying a kayan. But they all have a lot in common, halachically. So let's start with a few generations, a few uh, examples, a few makaitas from before this generation. We'll start with Shailas Achuvis, Emek She'elam. Stama, you might remember. Mordechai Doiv Tversky of Harnestaipel, who's uh, a great grandson of Mithilereber, son in law of the Divri Chaim of Tzans wrote the Chibra Latara Magvois, so uh, his shut is Emek She'ela, passed away Tafrish Samach Gimel, 1903. So Chelek Avon Ezer he brings, he uh, addresses the following question. This is the story. They asked uh, Emek She'ela, there was a child, and this child is kind of uh, roaming around, kind of uh, not anchored to a particular place and family. What's the story with him? There is uh, one poor person back then. You had a whole uh, you know, phenomenon, social phenomenon of poor people, drengzich, from place to place. So uh, there's a poor person that says that when I was passing through Hummel, they gave me this kid. That's where I picked this kid up along the way in Hummel. And they paid me. Someone said, here, take this kid and uh, take him with you and, uh, you know, whatever, take care of him. Um... Because he's a Yasim, he doesn't have parents. So that was that's the story the poor man says. And the poor man provided a name. He said the kid's name is this, his father's name is this. He gave a family name, Hinui Familia. And then at some point along the way, someone else took him off the poor person's hands, I guess maybe to give him a more stable uh, upbringing. But then you have other poor people, there's a whole society of poor people and the, the, inner, the, the inner dynamics of this uh, crowd of people. Other Aniyam pass by, pass through, and they say, they start spreading a coil, a rumor that this kid is actually a mamzer. Not really, that's the real explanation for uh, this whole story here. Not that he's just a yasu, he's a mamzer. But it was never uh, established in Bastin or anything. And now the child grew up. And they're trying to figure out what to do. What's what's talk of the story here? So they actually reached out to Hummel, and uh, so it mentions there there were uh, kinigas. Kinigas are the books, the rolls of the names, some kind of uh, community document with names. So they checked. They found the kid's name there, but I don't know if it said the father's name or not. It's not clear what the record said. But all they found is the name. They didn't, no one remembers the story. There's no one in Hummel that can tell you uh, right now that they remember uh, the incident and what happened with this kid, where he comes from. So now the question is, okay, what do we do? So this was the question here specifically about a uh, coil that was saying this child is a mamzer. So he begins by saying that So Evan Ezer, Simon Bez, Rivia talks about this right in the beginning. So uh, we'll start with the tour so we can understand where the Beis Shmuel is coming from. Look at the tour in Evan Hazar Simon Beis. It says, Adam, Isha, Ella, You should marry a woman who's a good, a good woman, which means, There shouldn't be anything wrong with her, with her lineage, with her pedigree. 
And as Shparachu only uh, rests a Shechina on Mishpachus with Yichus, and what does that mean? It doesn't mean uh, what we call Yichus. We mean that there's no psal. So you only, you only want to associate with families that don't have any psal in their background. Um, even then, if there's a Suffolk psal that mixes into a family, you should leave the family alone, not demarachic them, because ultimately, lost of love, everything will be resolved. But that's only for Yisrael, for a Kayan. A Kayan has to be more careful about who he's marrying, that there's no psal. Torah goes on and the Torah says that uh, all lands, stamon, cheskas kashrus in oimdus, the general cheskas kashrus for Jews in all lands. So if a man or a woman come to get married in any land, ain't sarach live the gacharem So they show up, you don't have to double check anything. Um, but then the Torah goes on and says, Rashi said, however, you do have to look into the man. And he says, so said the, uh, the Ramah as well, Meir Halevi, I believe, one of the earlier Shaina. So, uh, I, there's a Gemara that says, Kol that seems to mean that uh, you don't have to check. So, the Ramah said that Fakir uh, means if you already have a Cheskas Kashros, then you don't have to double check and follow up after. But if you don't have a cheskas kashas to begin with, what would that be? Going she'en mishpachta yedua. Until now, we've been talking about uh, maybe people you know more or less you know. Um, now, now you're not checking extra. But what if you don't know who this person's family is? Then according to the Ramat, tzarech raya luyuchsim, and edach wouldn't be good enough according to this. Um, and bechlal psulei kohol, if they want to marry Yisraelis, we don't let them until they bring a raya, because maybe they're an avid. So these are the concerns of those who are more machmer, that are more machmer. But the Torah concludes by saying, the lishna, the kol ha-mishpachas, b'cheskas kashras, ene mashma kudvarav. The phrase of the ro b'cheskas kashras really sounds to me that there is no other chazaka. This is the chazaka that the Torah says that uh, without any other information, there's a cheskas kashras. Zani says, Rabbi Tam said that the only concept of Badika is when there's kahuna involved. And even for kahuna, the man checks out the woman, but the woman doesn't have to check out the man. Kehenis is not limited in who she can marry. Um, but if there's no tzad kahuna, according to Rabbi Tam, then there's no concept of Badika. But the Torah goes on to say, and in his opinion, he thinks that even for Yuchse kahuna, you don't need Badika. Because there's the Mishnah of Anesi Isha, Tarach Livdek, Bedalari, Maisel, the concept of looking into the mothers, four, eight, ten, for those who remember. So if you don't have said, that's all Rab Meir, Chachamim say, Chomishpachas, Pachaskas, Kashusin. And then someone else says, Bishem Rab, unless there's an actual error, someone says that, I'm telling you, this person is a problem. Then you have to be Baidik. But Stama, you don't have to be Baidik. So, from this comes that even for Kahuna, you don't have to check at all, the Torah says. However, maybe Halacha Kistam Mishnah, so maybe Halacha Zakir Meir. That's how the Torah uh, addresses this topic. You look in Shulchan Aruch, in Simon Bey, so in Sif Aleph, the Machaber says, Don't marry any woman who has a piece. okay. Sif Bey, That's all the Machaber has to say on the topic of Stama person. So it seems like Mahabra is going with uh, the Torah's opinion that we're very uh, lenient. We're not uh, throwing barriers up in people's way. 
Then instead of Gimel, says, if there's an error, and what's an error that two came along and said, yeah, we, we're telling you there's a mamzer, a chol, someone mixed into this family, avdos, then it's a suffix. So if there's a mishpacha of kehanim, then they shouldn't marry until they check the four imois, which is really eight, etc. But stam isha boli nase ena tzricha livdik shleihuz rukshedus linase lipsulim. So mechaber really seems to be going here with the tour, very lenient. Generally, you don't have to ask too many questions. You could tell though there are other opinions within the Rishay. So now we get to the base Shmuel that the Shail uh, mentioned already today, Makshail. If you look on the base Shmuel, right? So the base Shmuel is one of the Nesakalim on the Eben Ezer, one of the last, or maybe the last one of the Nesakalim who made it onto the, uh, you know, the big Nesakalim on the margins. So um, he writes in Sif Bays. Cheskas Kashros, the Mechaber, the Mechaber said the Cheskas Kashros. So it's the Torah brought Hashem that I'm at. The Mishain Mishpachta Yeduolano. If we talk, we don't know who it is. According to I'm at, we don't say the Cheskas Kashros because we're Cheshesh. Maybe he's a Mamzer, which didn't actually say that in the Torah. The Bishmul is actually adding that here. Cheshir and Shem a Mamzer. I have it. So maybe you need an ayah. He says that's also the Mashma from Rashi. Places Rosh Hashanah hold that even if you don't know their family, we're not choshish if there's a mamzer. Only for Kahuna you need a raya. And um, the Mishmul Firzayis he claims is a raya from the Mechaber in Simon Gimel that if the, this is not, a, I'm not going to get into it, but uh, not everyone agrees with his raya. But he claims he has a raya from Simon Gimel that the Queen of the Mechaber agrees that if you don't know the family, we are choshish if there's a mamzer. So Lachen Yesh Lachmer Mishaini Yedulano Yesh Lachosh. That's the base Shmuel's opinion in Simon Beis. And again, he repeats it in Simon Gimel where he explains his right. So the person asking the question said, okay, look in the base Shmuel, that uh, at the very least in this situation with this kid, at the very least we should say that we don't really know uh, who his family is. If we don't really know who his family is, so uh, according to the base Shmuel, it should be Machmer, right? So that's where the Emek starts responding and uh, going in the opposite direction. So he says, "Be'emes achreinim kulam chalkam alof." According to the Bishmul, all the achreinim argue the Bishmul. First one is the base mayor. What is what does the base mayor say? So the base mayor is Mayor Posner, passed away in the early 1800s already. Uh, so it's on Evan Hazers. The base mayor says, "Chasas kashros." The Bishmul quoted the Rambam. This is actually look, look at the Torah. The Torah didn't say Chashash uh, Mamzer, it only said Chashash Evet. And uh, maybe he holds that uh, Mamzer is different than an Evet. Maybe Taka to be Chashash for an Evet, but to be Chashash for a Mamzer, Makinim Yusira Mamzer Mishabinehem. If there was a Mamzer, we would know about it. It's the kind of thing uh, people uh, make, they make it their business to know. So maybe even the Ramel wouldn't be Chashash for the Chashash Mamzer. So you know, what are you talking about? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the question of the person with the question of the mother comes from the father and uh, Eved, you have to be Mavara that your mother is Jewish and once you Mavara that Eved. but even the Ramah would never say that you have to prove who your father is to prove that you're not a mamzer he says, and this fits nicely with the Gemara in Yavamas. Now, this is a Gemara that we actually quoted once in Shir. We had a Shir about someone who's born from a Jewish mother, a non-Jewish father. And one of the Gemara says that if Yehuda told someone like that to go travel somewhere else where they don't know you, and uh, 
know, go get away with it. You can get married. So obviously, yeah, there's that's no problem with him marrying, even though Gemara is all you know, didn't dvarim shakratayra, but that's what Rav Yehuda said. So uh, Beis Meir says, how would that work if he shows up and no one knows him, and then they immediately say, no, we don't know who you are. Maybe your mom's or prove who your father is. <laughs> he could prove that he's not a mamzer, but uh, the problem of no one wanting to marry him because his father's not Jewish would immediately uh, come back once he tells him who his father is to prove that he's not a mamzer. So obviously, the assumption is if he's going to go there, he's not going to have to prove that he's not a mamzer. He's not going to have to tell him who his father is. So they won't know his father's not Jewish, and that's how he gets his chance. That fits nicely with that. And then the Bismayer says, So he says, as a fact, the Bismayer says, Arminic is, we never check. Okay? He says, so that's, and he says, oh, it's based on a Rashi, without getting into what about the other Rashi that was quoted in the Torah, but he says there's a Rashi in Yavamas that says that uh, you have to bring a Raya just because you have a British Mila, maybe you're a Gavaini. So he says, aha, some Kumta is that if you have a Mila, the only Ikshash is whether you're a Gavaini. But if we can eliminate the Gavaini Ikshash, seems that Mila is a simon of Gairus or whatever. Today we don't have Gavainim and Yishmaelim don't have Priya. So it's not like uh, Yishmaeli would be able to just pass himself off as a Jew. And we don't have uh, Avadim anymore with the Bris Mila. So Mamela, any man who shows, who shows up with the Bris, according to this, we can say this, Nukhshash Gavaini, Nukhshash Yishmaeli, Nukhshash Eved. So we're good. Lachim Lechashin, and that's why we're not Cheshish to Bis Meir says. Huh? He, he established by saying that we don't have to be cheshesh for mamza. There is no marker that says to be cheshesh for mamza. The marker of the Ramah said to be cheshesh for an avid. For an avid, you have to prove for the mother, maybe. And today, we don't have a chashash avid b'chom. And mamza wasn't mentioned. The Gemara doesn't mention. So that was his claim. And that's why we don't, we don't care about either thing. So, based on this base, Mayor, back to our situation. So, even if we don't know exactly what's going on here, that alone should not be a pagam. However, later on, the Emekshel is going to address the question, L'chei, here is not just, we don't know. L'chei, in this case, people were saying that there's a problem. So how are we going to deal with that? We'll get to that in a moment. But right now, it's just addressing the Beis Shmuel as a general rule. If we don't know, are we Cheshers? Beis Shmuel said, yeah. Beis Meir says, no. Shah HaMalach, Atziarazim, other Mekhainists. He says, really, there's even a Bach himself. There's different people quote different things from the Bach. But he says, there's the Bach and Yeridea. Yeridea, Semenesh Samachas, so now we've been discussing the context of a mamzer, things like that, Hilchus Pirivya. And yet Samachas, the context is Hilchis Gatus. And there the question is, the question is going to be more like the question we have today, more commonly, you know, is this person a guy or not? So if you look at the Torah and Yeridea Samanesh Samachas, Hilchis Gatus, it says a Ger Shaba, Ger comes and he says, I was in this guy or in this basin, he's not Namon, either in Ratisrol or in Chutzlar, it's until he brings a Raya. Yeah, he doesn't need full Edus, just the Gili Milsa. Some say he needs Edus Kimura. But then, he's, then the Torah clarifies and says that this is only if we knew he was a guy until now. And suddenly he shows up and says, oh, I got a Gairus. <laughs> but if we never knew this person in the cloud, a person just shows up out of the blue and says, letting you know my life story. My life story is, I was a guy, and then I was this guy, I'm based in Pliny. Then is Neman. So the Bach stells it on this, addresses this. He says, this is a Taisvis in the Rosh, B'Shem Rebbein Tam. And he says, it's mash with an Amachalik between Eretz Yisrael and those days when everyone had a Chazak of being a Yid and Zman Azeh, where most are not Yidin. It seems like according to this Shita, you're, he's always Nemo, and even to marry him off to, to a Jewish woman. 
And then he quotes the smag. So the smag, the context in the smag is it's the mitzvah, Shalela Harchik Mitzri, Malavi Bakal, until Ad Gimel, you know, past Gimel Deiris. And that's where the smag gets into the union of Gain and Bechlau. And the, the smag writes, that in Perak Achilles it says, "Mishubav Amar Gerani Yochel Nekablenu Tamid Loimar VeChiyager Itcha Ger Itcha Muchzik Loch." You have to bring Eden. That's what the Gemara says. But Rabbeinu Yaakov, Rabbeinu Tam, explains. But Matt from Amurim this word that we knew already that he was a guy. But if you didn't know who he was, Nemud Migul that he could have told you, "I'm a Yid Bechlal." He would just show up and say, "I'm a Yid." You would have believed him. So he shows up and says, "I was a guy and I became a Yid." We also believe him. And it brings the same raya from Yavamis that Chachamim told people that were pigumim to just uh, go undercover. Another interesting raya that he quotes or others quote is the famous Smaisen in the Gemara Psachim, right? We know the guy used to go and eat the carbon Pesach until uh, his cover was blown. Kumtais, that no one ever thought to ask any questions until then. Kumtais, that they never, like, the, the practice, they didn't ask. So that's another raya. And then the Smag says, Maisen Bechol Yoim. Every day we see Sha'archim Boim, the Ainanu Baitkmachareyam, Shaysimonu Imohem Yayin, Baikhlam Mishkitasam. Strangers show up, we have no idea who they are, and we never do a back we never do a background check, we drink their wine, we eat their shita. That's the smag. So the Bach quotes this smag here. And that's what the Bach seems to be saying. And he says, Ah, the Rambam says that now you do have to bring a raya and then and then you can marry. Maila also be Yuchsin, and the Shukrach in this simon brings the Bashem the Rambam. But Bach says, Mihu, Noe Gemlohake, Lahaminoe, Afla, Sia Yisraelis. So he seems to be pushing back and saying that the practice is the Ger as well. The Ger just shows up, and most Gerim him apparently it was more of a situation. You know, either if you knew who the Ger was, then you probably knew well, what the Ger is. It happened in the same place. And if you didn't know him before, so. Um, you showed up and you didn't check, and they were they would marry him off. So uh, and he says it could be um, that even the Ramam would be made uh, if Stam Orchim show up. The Ramam only said he disagrees with them in a time that if a person shows up and tells you, by the way, I'm a guy, by the way, uh, I got a, I'm a girl. So even though the Chayyim is a Migul to say that he's Naman, the Ramam holds. No, we don't say my loss of Yuxin. Once you say that, you have to prove. But even the Ramam would be made uh, by Stam Orchim. Like the smile that we don't uh, we don't check, right? So yeah, you have to you have to have two strikes. You have both not both not knowing him and that uh, he admits he's a girl. So the Bach seems to be saying the halacha that uh, that's what they did. So we have edus from Chazal, Raya's from Chazal. We have edus from the smag. We have edus from the from the Bach. So Emek uh, is quoting that, and the Shach quotes the Bach there, just copies and pastes from the Bach. Um, so he says, but in the Dan, we know that the Yid comes from, I mean, he was, there was a Yiddish person that was taking care of him. Everything about his background is Jewish. If you just want to talk about a general question, what's this kid's background? Clearly his background is Jewish. That's not in doubt. And he has a bris, and a bris should be a simon that he's b'chaz So, there should be no according to these makaidas that we've just laid out. However, now he comes to the question. This is all if there's no error. No one actually came and said uh, there's, there's a problem here. But in this case, people came and said there's a problem here. So the khair we should be we should be khaishash. And apparently according to Ram, you would need to aid them. So you have all these uh, all these Zaniyam that are saying that he's a mamzer. 
But so this is how the Amik Sheil deals with this question. He says, in Ksuvis, we see that in the case of a coil, an Eid Echad is good enough against the coil. We have an Eid Echad. The Ani, the Ani said, the poor person said that he used Kashim, so it's the, the Eid Echad, the Ani against the coil. However, the aid, the Ani didn't actually come to Bastin. Is this really an Eid Echad if he doesn't actually testify in Bastin? So he says, so this is how he uh, addresses this. He says, there's a Shach in Yeridea uh, that says that so even chutz lebeistin is kamoisha heid bebeistin. If there's a rife, then if so, even if an eid echad says something outside of beistin, it counts like it isn't beistin. So there's a rife here also. A rife children, not mamzerim. Right? Linyan mamzer haviruba nesuas rife bilis acharabal arusis or miyuta. So bezay a question of a mamzer is like a question of shchita. So even though the Eidachah didn't testify in Bastin, according to the, that Shach, it's good enough. Then he goes on and makes another point that uh, he says this is an Yisr Dirabanon, so an Eidachah should be good enough here. It's a separate discussion. Is Sadiq Mamzer an Yisr Dirabanon? But that's what he says. Sadiq Mamzer is an Yisr Dirabanon, so Eidachah is good. And then he adds that Bechlal uh, uh, when it comes to Yisur and Eid Echadam Yisur, we don't talk about Pasle Eidos, right? Women are also Naman Eid Echadam Yisurin. So we have two Eidim here. Ha'ani ve'ishtoy. The poor person and his wife can count. Uh, she's not Pasle Eidos, correct? We don't care. They can be made together. She's also the Ksav from Hamil that his name is in the books. His name is in the books. That indicates that he was a Kashira kid. Why would they put him in the books without comment? And finally, the final question he addresses here is, there's a reyesa here that the child himself doesn't know who he is. Usually when you have a question, a challenge, the person is saying, I know I'm fine, we're not sure whether we should believe him. Because over here, he himself doesn't know. Right? In certain cases, is the case of the Gemara, where the Gemara says a person has to testify, when I was a kid, they took me out of school, and they, made, they took me to the mikveh, and that's how I remember, and I know who I am. So, Person knows who he is. In this case, it doesn't matter because Vaita, this Eid Echad, this Ani says he's Vade Kosher. So even the Rameh, even the Rameh who's Machmer, usually that's Tam Cheskas Mishpacha. Tam a person, the Rameh is saying you can't rely on the Cheskas Mishpacha, you have to do a beer. But Cheskas Mishpacha is nothing. What's a Cheskas Mishpacha? They've been around, we know them. Here is an Eid Echad saying, I know that he's, that he's Kosher. So he says he thinks everyone would agree that there's no problem. We can marry him off. That's how the Emek concludes. You know, it is a bit of a tough question, so you should ask other Rabbanim as well. So this was all with regards to a very uh, specific question, specific case, which is interesting. It doesn't necessarily repeat itself so often. I don't know how often, uh, you know, poor people come into town with uh, an unknown child. Of course, there are other variations of that, of, you know, children left by a doorstep or things like that. But it's not the, the most common uh, situation. But even without the, without the rest of the tshuva, the beginning of the tshuva, the image Shreel established that Bechlal, we don't go with the Beis Shmuel if, there's, if you don't know uh, who he is. You go with the Beis Meir and the others and the Bach who said that uh, we don't check. A generation before him, we also find in the Shaz of Tshuva, so Aleph from the Gorn of Shlemek Kluger, 
very famous uh, Chaber. We actually quoted him in the Shir about the, the controversy in Yas, in Yasi, over the beginnings of the Minig of selling the Muhammad through to, all to one person who then sold it to the Rav. So Shlomo Kluger was very involved in that, as we discussed then. He passed away in Tafish Haftas, that would be 1869, so 40, uh, 30 years earlier or so. So he has a tshuva in Halaf Lachashleim, Evan Azizim, and Tazvav, and he has just a very general, but doesn't seem to be in response to a question. He just makes a general statement. He says, it says in Shulchan Aruch, Evan Azizim, and Beis, Kol Meshpachas Becheskes Kashras, Avdabe Shmuel, talks about that a little bit, and he says, Begufadin, Masha Chayesh Abe Shmuel Lechumra, he says, let me tell you the Metzias, Hinemin Hageinu Be'emes, Shekol Ish Ve'isha Aboyim Le'inosei, In Chekrim V'dershin Ach Meshpachasein Klal. Again, he's telling us in the mid-1800s in Poland, the minute is still that anyone shows up, we don't do any investigating, no beer. So Bakarchen, so Fishta proves, the Nihigan, we, we are practicing Kaosevrim, the way Hashin and Lachi. He says, even for a Kayan, I think we shouldn't be Machmer, because, you see, whenever, we never had this minute, we're not medaktik after Shum so he's attesting that in his time and place, writer never uh, looked into it, even for Kuhuna. So even though it's not as maybe as simple and straightforward as we're making it out to be, there are more svarim, more shittas, more wrinkles to the debate, but it seems that we could overall sum up and be magdir and say that until recently, till the last 100 years, it seems like there wasn't really such a concept of biryadas. We're looking into people's Jewishness, looking into their yuchsin, etc. Stam, like that. Yeah. We're getting, we're getting to Basil. Yeah. He was later. No, he's earlier, but I was going to get to him, you know, just, someone is going to quote him in a minute. So, how did we get. So, but, Sites in the Basil that we're going to get to, but you see a lot of these Makayas that seem to be saying that uh, it was not really known, uh, not really a common thing. So the next Makar is the Shalas Chuvas Kiryas Chana David. Kiryas Chana David is Rabbi David Hakayan Sikli, passed away in uh, 1949. He was a Dayan and now based in, in Oran in Algeria. So this is his short Kiryas Chana David, so it's addressed to Hassani. Chacham made a tzedek in the city of Melilia. Um, Melilia in English, uh, Melilla is a city in North Africa that belongs to Spain. For those familiar with the geography, it's a little complicated there. So there are chunks, small parts, two cities in North Africa. We know that Spain is right across uh, the very narrow uh, strait over there. So Spain has a chunk of North Africa that it claims as its own. Melilla is one of those uh, places. And uh, the Rav there, his son-in-law, is Rav David Shlema HaKoyen. Apparently his last name was Saban or something like that. And this is a question and answer from the year Tafresh Tzadik, 1930. So we're getting even more recent. And someone showed up, Me'eretz Rechaika, and said, I'm a Yid, he had a bris, and can we believe him? Can we trust him? What do we do? So the Kiryas Chanadavid begins by quoting the Torah, Rabbanazah, and Beis, the Rameh, etc., etc. Uh, gets to the Shulchan Aruch, the Shulchan Aruch just seems to go with the Torah. 
Okay, so the base hill is on also an Ebenezer, of Hill, but of Tali Tzvi, lived in the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth, in the Lithuanian part, in the 1600s. And the base hill writes, Misha Bomer, Tzacheres, Hein Ish, Hein Isha, Bachar, Ebesula, Almana, Almana, Tzarech, Eraya, Shehu Yisrael. So he does say that you have to prove that you're Jewish. Ba'avshim, Esnagim, Kadosh Yisrael, Omedabrim, Kilashayim, even if they are from... And they speak Yiddish, and they, they seem totally with the program, they know what's up. And he says, says that that was the Takana in the Lithuanian Commonwealth. Etc. And he concludes, he doesn't quote it, but he still concludes, I had a specific instance. You see that even in the 1600s, the problem always seemed to come from uh, people coming from uh, Moskva, the Chadoyme. So, Gazarti, Aleyem, Shiyifrishu Zamizeh, I said, I gotta break the whole thing up. Meaning they both bats him, suffering on both of them, and yet they, one can't be with the other because each one, we don't know who they are. So you have this uh, base hill. Uh, so the Kiryas Chana David says that uh, finally have these opinions. He says, I think that even those who talk a whole, you don't have to check, Mistama, they also only hold that. Even those who say that uh, we do accept, but they have to seem like they're from, they have to fit the part. But, we don't know, or if we know that he's not Misnaik, then I'll leave with the Kulia al Machashinum. Okay, so this is a big aside the Kiryas Khanadavid introduces here, may have been the first to say that. In the situation, and you know, as you know, we reach the last century, this becomes a lot more common. Where you have people that say they're Jewish, but Lavdafka, they have any connection to the Jewish community, from Kites, etc. So the Kiryas Chana David says that even those who uh, are lenient, that shit would only be if the person's from. Then he goes on to quote the base mayor. I saw the base mayor who disagrees with the base Shmuel. After he quotes the Mesmer again, he says, Like I said before. Then he quotes the Turnier and he gets to the Bach. And again, he concludes, So then he concludes, though, the truth by saying, You're telling me, you did the, that you asked him, Who are you? And the guy said, I was born in Eretz Yisrael in Yerushalayim. And then my uh, parents apparently left him, abandoned him, left him behind in Eretz Yisrael. And today they're far away, Be'ir, Kuba. Now, usually in Svarim from this era, period, Kuba means Kuba, Azerbaijan. So kind of a verf in a place. Um, probably hard to track down. He says, Yididi. So let me, let me tell you something. Zerah Ish, this person, surely grew up with other people his age, B'nai Giloy. 
Ask him. Don't just ask him where, where his parents are. They're in Kumbach. Ask him, who, uh, who'd you grow up with? Who are your friends? When, they, when he says who they are, write to them. And they should say that uh, if you grew up with them as a yid. And he should also say, what family did he grow up in? What's their name? And what was the name of his rabbi who taught him? Because uh, he didn't grow up uh, nowhere. He a person, a human being. He grew up in uh, society. You'll be able to figure it out. So you see, he's already paskening Mamaisa. First of all, the point of, you know, with the Frumkite, it's uh, more of a question, which he doesn't say clearly, but it seems that that's the, uh, the situation here. He had a bris, but maybe not, uh, wasn't really observant necessarily in other details. But then he concludes and says, <laughs> do the basic information. Who, who knows him? Well, what do they have to say about him? So that's the curious Khanadavit. The next source, already after the war, after the World War II, the Holocaust, is in Shalas Binyan Tzvi. By Tzvi Hirsch Meisels, the Weizen Rav. I actually, uh, we also mentioned him before. This year we're talking about, uh, it was like the introduction to the topic of Meimei uh, Ha'ir. So I mentioned that the Halmetzer printed a letter of the Weizen Rav, who was criticizing and attacking what of Telushkin wrote in Taras Mayim, where the, the Taras Mayim was criticizing what the helmets are printed from Shol Brach, B'Shem Neshenover, who said that the Rambam doesn't allow into his Heichel Amayla, whoever's born from uh, Mikveh of Natal Sovinasen, so Hapachit is Rambam. So Shol Brach wrote that, Taras Mayim has hard criticizing it, and then the Vaitanerov took umbrage and wrote his whole response, saying, ah, how can you say that? How can you uh, cast doubt on this uh, Eidos? So the Weizen Rav, he was a Rav in Weiz in Hungary. He was sent to Auschwitz in 1944. He lost his whole family there. He, sur- he survived. He ended up in the Bergen-Belsen DP camp after the war. He was a Rav for the survivors. Ultimately, he reached Chicago. There are many Americans who know him from there. And he passed away in Tafshan Lamedal. So uh, in Binyan Tzvi, Chedek Bey, Similamad Vav, Similamad Zayin, there's a back and forth between Yvicheskel Abramsky, who was in London then, and the Weizen Rav. So Yvicheskel Abramsky is writing to him, Elo Tafshin Hay, London, to Av based in Bergen-Belsen, So the question was actually about a Jewish girl who ended up with a Muslim, and she's pregnant, and Geiros, that's the main discussion. But at the end of the Shaila, Yvicheskel Abramsky says, well, I want to copy, I want to, it says in Bar Hatev, um, that uh, the base Hill wrote, Mishibom Eretz Acharas, etc., etc., Takanas Medinas Lita. So you should know this by of this base Hill. He says, after the Holocaust, it's actually very difficult now. Kasha, Bandra Lamusia, Kazu, Lidrish, Raya, and Achena. On the one hand, it's hard uh, to ask for good uh, Rayas. How can people prove anything? Uh, who knows what documents people would do or don't have? The whole world turned upside down. But Maybe Dafka, because of this, you probably have more questions. And uh, that's what Rabbi Cheskel Abramsky wrote to uh, the Vaitzenerov. So the Vaitzenerov in Simlam and Zion responds mainly about, again, that Ishmaeli uh, and the Gators thing. And at the end, he says, You copy the Varahetiv to me. So look in Shut Emek Sha'ela, look if I could do Shas Doidis Kaini. I don't remember how they're related. I guess it came up also in the Shiva about the Shinover. Also, maybe that he's related. Maybe we said then how. The first Shiva recorded from the Harness Type Line. Yeah. 
So he says, look in Amek Sheela, who holds that all the Akharanim disagree, and it's often a Bach, and he says, you shouldn't be Machmer like the Bishmul. And look in Ushleimah Kluger, and Shad Alf Lachashleimah, who says, Minhagenu, that we're not Cheshesh. So Akarachach, we take a hold that we're not, uh, we're not Cheshesh. I mean, that's all that's all quoting the Shlomo Kluger. So when Cain, the Kol Shekain, Achad Achurban Azeh, Shenasu Ba'Machin, and Me'arba Kamvizor, it's Nabuch. Everyone just came crashing here from uh, all, all the corners of the earth. The Yevshak Klal Lachker Levarik Haroi. How are you ever going to really figure anything out anyway? People don't have the documents. People don't have their family. People don't have their friends. Uh, it's not fair to even ask. Bevada Choshev Kediyeved, because the Someone could have mentioned the idea that we shouldn't be machmer, certainly not with the Evid, and to not let someone marry is like the Evid. So I say, still, on the other hand, you're also right. You shouldn't be Messiah the Kedushan until you uh, figure it out. And he quotes the Kriyas Chanadavid, who says, that if you see that they're not religious, then everyone agrees that you should be Cheshish. So we see how the, this concept is developing in the last uh, Mamash, even very recently, before the most recent era of the new problems we have now, that uh, it seems like the price game are leaning bechlos more towards the Makaitis that say that we're not Makbid, Stam, Mitzan, Alaha. However, if there's a chash, it's a specific uh, concern, so then there's more of a reason to be chash, especially if they're not uh, religious, and things like that. So, like we said, now, in the last uh, generation or two or three, that's when the problems really start ballooning. So you have the Russians who are making Aliyah to Yisrael, and of course we know that Ebbe started warning about that at a very early point. And uh, I looked a little bit. I didn't see, uh, it's not Raya, but I didn't see anywhere where the Rebbe McMamish gets into this discussion, the halacha uh, behind it. But the Rebbe was speaking about the Metzias. The Metzias was, what the Rebbe was speaking was that uh, there were major problems. Major issues. You could see what the problem is. Um, and I saw the, you look in Shlichas Kalachasa, for example, or in page 153, he has a collection of just individual cases where the Rebbe wrote to people about individual people, plainly, that uh, look into this person, look into their family, try to figure out what you can figure out about them. So you see this in practice with the Rebbe. No, I would assume each case was unique. I don't know the stories in those cases, but uh, six, seven letters, numbers, again, but in each case, there was uh, something unique about it, as opposed to Stam Balei Tshuva, or the Rebbe also created many Balei Tshuva, and they all came. And they have never heard that the Rebbe said that there should be an official system for being a part of the Jewish. Before they get married, by default, people look at stuff. Maybe, maybe not. What if two Balei Tshuva marry each other, and then their child already grew up in... Uh, Ah, okay. Um, so we have the Russians, we have also situations today with Balit Shuva, where it's been so many generations of assimilation in the interim that, you know, by now we're not even sure, like, is this person actually about Shuva? Or they think they're Jewish, they think they're becoming about Shuva. Are they really? So we have, these are newer problems that we have now. And then we have, of course, the more extreme cases where you have a missionary or some other strange. We had the criminal who went uh, under deep cover in Lakewood uh, until the FBI found them, and there was a big <laughs> sensation, whatever it was, let me talk about 15 years ago. Um, not really. I mean, there was a non-Jewish person who ended up living a film life in Lakewood because he was, he was escaping from the authorities. 
along the way, he did a certain gaius by a conservative rabbi who was personally orthodox. It was like that kind of question. But the point being that he came from nowhere and he just showed up and uh, joined the community. So you have these strange cases. They're not the norm, but enough of them are uh, happening as well. Um, one of the sources about addressing today is Ravad Yosef and Yabiyo Emer, Chelek Zayin, Ibn Ezra, Simon Aleph. So he begins by saying, Re'isi L'Nochem, I want to discuss the Aliyah Chadasha from Bris HaMatzot. Chaste Hashem, they're all, you know, they're being freed, released from behind the Iron Curtain after 70 years under the communists, and now the tens of thousands are coming to Eretz Yisrael, it's beautiful. But now we have all these shyness about the Aliyah, because there's a concern that a lot of non-Jews are taking advantage because there's, uh, you know, it's more kadai financially to live in Israel than to live in the former Soviet Union. So they're joining the bandwagon. They're joining the Jews going to Eretz Israel. So now we have to know, Pasha, you know, they're coming to register as a Yid. Are they reliable? If they don't have good documents, or is it enough? But they say they're Jewish, or do they have to prove it? Basic question. So he gets into it from all kinds of angles, and then towards the end, he gets into these Makairis, and he's definitely leaning towards the Matirim, which as we've seen historically seems to be more of the norm, to lean towards the Matirim. And then he concludes, huh? Yeah, so we're getting, yeah, we're getting to that point at some point. Yeah, so he just uh, concludes and says that... Um, Kiris Chana David, by the way, he says, Kiris Chana David said that it depends if they're from or not. Um, he says, it's not mochrech, because once a person comes from a place where everybody's not from, what he understands it is, is if, if everyone's from, this one person's not from, that's suspicious. But if the person comes from a place where it's the norm to be not from, so they're all Tanekish and Ishbu, so why hold it against this person? Question, I guess, is, is it's a chiv, maybe you can say, is it a chiv or a shlila? Do we need the front guy? It's, it's like a, an, an extra point in his favor, or is being not from a point in his disfavor? And if everyone's not from anyway, then who cares? That's that's what Rabbi Yosef says in response to the Kriyas Chanan And he concludes and says that any Russian who shows up and says, I'm Jewish, is Neman. But if it's like lying with Dover, there's reason to suspect that it's not true. So then you have to investigate. Now, I don't know what Rabbi Yosef's personal influence was on the Rabbanot's approach to how this works, because these words, it all depends on how you uh, define it and how you apply it. Um, so he's essentially saying, though, that if there's a reason to suspect, then uh, you have to be chikin. I don't know, again, I don't know practically what his interactions was with the, were with this uh, crowd of people, but this is how he phrases it, how he frames it. This idea, by the way, about Frumkite not mattering appears also in the Igris Maisha, not in the context, though, of the modern problems. He has a, in the Igris Maisha, he has a Maisha that uh, this is a person, a woman, and uh, apparently it sounds like almost like the person was already married to her, and there was no good raya that this woman's mother was Jewish, except for the fact that she told her daughter, you should know I'm Jewish, which is common, typical, that, uh, you know, people are not religious, they barely identify as Jews, and then the mother tells the child, by the way, you're Jewish. Uh, so that was the only proof. So he says, Taisus uh, and the Rosh say, that's right, the person comes and says, Yisraelani nemon, because reiv haboin lefanenu betaydas yadus Yisraelim, so he says, the Ramesh says, Doesn't they don't have to be from? 
If the rulers arrive, then most people who come and say, Hi, by the way, I'm Jewish. The rave of those people are Jewish. Because which guy would stop and come along and say, oh, I'm Jewish? Right? Historically, that was a really pretty uh, good point to make. Dua, the Ruba, the Ruba of the Goyim, Vulai Kulam, not sure if it's Ruba or Kulam, are all saying Yisrael, Mesbaishim Leim Hashem Yisrael, they'd be embarrassed to even say that, uh, you know, with no basis. So, Kol Shikain, a woman who was married to a guy, so maybe that was the situation here, a woman married to a guy, that uh, if she was really not Jewish, maybe it's talking about the, the mother, the mother who said that she's, told the daughter that she's Jewish, she was married to a guy, so if she was married to a guy, why would she ever say that, really, I'm Jewish? The fact that she said so means that you should believe her. So, again, this is before we have specific concerns. Uh, so, ultimately, it all depends on the Matthias. And at that point, in this kind of situation, in America, it still seemed reasonable to say that, you know, a case like this, why would someone make that up? Of course, in other cases, less so. Uh, in the sources that discuss this today, I saw someone who summarizes why with Russians, in particular with Israel, you shouldn't rely on them. It says, first of all, they don't cut five points. Number one, they don't come from a place where most are Jewish. Mainly you come from a Jewish community. You say, okay, most people there are Jewish. That's not the case here. Each one lived among them. Bechlal, um, there's a group here. We're talking about Roy, right? This idea, oh, Roy people who say they're Jewish are Jewish. But in this group, we don't even know if Roy people who are saying they're Jewish in this group are Jewish. Um, number three, we know for a fact that the people here are not afraid to lie because they belong to a large group. Everyone's doing it together. We're all in it together. We're all lying. Um, and especially with Russia, where they, you don't even know if they're lying because it could be they convinced themselves. My Zayda was a, this, was a Rav, and they don't know the halachas. So uh, they can, legally in Russia, they were registered as Jewish. So it could also be the case. Um the fact that, uh, number four, the fact that they didn't act Jewish, they'll just say, oh, it's because uh, in Russia we try to not uh, appear Jewish. So they'll always have that excuse, which so then you can't really ever figure anything out. And, um, and number five, the fact that you come from a place with such assimilation means that it's unlikely there will ever be anyone who can come and say, you're a liar. Usually we're hoping that ultimately if someone knows them from home, they'll come on and say, oh, by the way, you're lying. But here it's, it's unlikely that, that, that could even happen. Mm-hmm. Like, the opposite. Uh huh. Of course, this is a big incentive for them to do so. So that's that's why we're in push of the Metzias. Again, it's not so much the Allah, it's more the Metzias. The Metzias is that there's a lot of uh, you know, suspicious activity going on here. There's a lot of reasons to think that people have an incentive to lie, could be lying, why it would be hard to figure it out. So therefore, we have to take a more stringent uh, approach, but not that necessarily the halacha at its basis, the way it was practiced for, for thousands of years, really required this without those concerns. Yeah. You could have that concern by the American jury as well. If they, they, the grandparents, the conservative reform, they think they're Jewish. Right. Even if they, know, they, don't, they, know, they have no intention. Right. So that, that that probably is something that happens in, with some regularity. I don't know how what percentage of American Jews who say they're Jewish and they're Jewish are that. Right. Okay, also thinking. 
Usually you have a, usually you have a conversation with them. A person shows up, you ask them. There's difference between having a conversation and then like forcing them to bring documents. That usually doesn't happen as much as opposed to you know just having an honest conversation. Most people are honest. Most people will you know work it out together with you. You can look it up. Um, so that's uh, that's where we're coming with. That's where we're coming from on uh, this halacha. So yeah, this is all specifically about Russia. Like in America, as we just discussed. It really, I think until today, you could really say not every Balchova ends up being uh, checked and investigated. It still seems to be a fair claim to make. Um, there's no there's no rabbinot, there's no official rabbinic uh, body that sets policies. Hmm? Even when they get married, they're, they're not... I've heard of instances, I'm saying people have said they've heard of instances where Taka, maybe even in our community, where the rabbinim were not in the habit of checking, and then afterwards Taka information came out later. But uh, the, the Rav had already uh, kashered them and laundered them into the community with marriage. Yeah. So every time you hear of a story where something like this goes wrong, you're probably much more likely to say, well, okay, we're seeing, the, we're seeing these specific problems. You have to be more careful. But it's more of a response to the Metzias. Again, it's the halacha versus Metzias. It's a response to the Metzias. You keep on seeing problems, so then you act to make sure it doesn't happen again. But technically, halacha... Overall, the way it's understood by most Paiskim uh, seem to have been generally that without these concerns, uh, you don't necessarily have to check. Uh, so, of course, though, in light of all these situations, you have to always check uh, when there's any serious question, you have to check with expert Abanim. First of all, before you go on a Shlichus Taka to find out what should, the, you know, if someone's running a Kabbalah, what should your standard be when someone shows up? Um, and maybe that's changing once we hear the missionaries are doing it. Maybe we'll change the policies now. I don't know. But uh, you have to find out what's considered, what's expected uh, before you go out and uh, into the field. And specifically what to do in cases where you had a conversation with them and uh, it's not all fully coming together, you know, especially if there's any uh, reason to be suspicious. In conclusion, I want to bring uh, a tshuva that touches on this general topic, but from a different angle, the question of a kayan. Can a kayan marry a balas tshuva? Now, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but I remember reading an article once uh, a bunch of years ago. Some woman was just writing a monologue about her life, and she describes how she was living with a guy, blah, 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 and then she ends up by a Chabad house. She says either the name of the shliach or the name of the location, and you can figure out where the shliach is. And uh, she writes, Lufituma, the Shliach said, oh, you're, you're Jewish, and your parents are Jewish, whatever. Oh, I have a Kayan here in my Chabad house, and uh, he's much in to find a Jewish person to date, so uh, I'd like to, you know, pair you up. That's what she's saying the Shliach said. Now, of course, she just wrote herself that she was living with a guy, and that's uh, Piyalach, uh, that's, uh, the, that's a no-go. So, generally, awareness about the whole topic is, of course, very important. But you have this question, Bechlau, with Balis Chova, even if they didn't write an article telling the whole world that they lived with a guy. So I'm going to quote, a, there's different Shuvas about it in the last uh, 20, 30 years, but I'll quote it from uh, Rav Yashiv and Kravitz Shuvas of Yashiv, Chelek Aleph, Simon Kufmem Zayin. So he has this Chuva on this topic. The question was, can a Kayan marry a girl of Balis Chuva when he cannot be Mavar, he can't figure out exactly what her Yichus is? Um, although there doesn't seem to be doubt that she's from a, a Jewish family generally. There's a question, though, just about a psal. Is there a psal? We couldn't figure it out. So should he assume that there's a problem? Should he assume that Shinivala Lenachri is she Neman to be Maksha herself? So, so he starts off by saying, first of all, we know Machlekes Bechlau, whether you don't know the family, if they have a Cheskashos or not. And some say, you know, if they have a Cheskashos, maybe you draw the line by the Kayan. That was one of the shit that we quoted. But if you look in the Achreinim, 
Shlomo Kluger. Others, they say that it seemed like even for Kehanim, they uh, just let it slide. They weren't, at least back then, they weren't Mavar. But Riyashim says it's not Kedaitis or Yishayim. Today, we have people that are not religious, so the Chshash, the Gremer mixed in, is way greater than it used to be. Stam and Shtato in Poland. But if you hold of Cheskas Kashros, Halacha is Halacha. You could still say Cheskas Kashros. But, so the real question here is not, should we be more concerned, should we do more extra checking just because she's a Balashchova, uh, just on that, her family aspect, but she's Marikoyen, according to Vayashev, seemingly not. That does, he does not mention that. There are some who discuss this, I saw someone has a whole discussion, I wasn't going to mention it, but someone has a whole discussion about Russians. The whole Russia is one big question. So, can... Does that mean that no Russian could ever marry a Russian Baal's Shuvah? The, the, all the Russian men won't be able to marry any of the, the Russian women because all the Russian women is a Shaila, all the Russian Kayana men. You should never be able to marry any Russian. So then he says, if we're already passing all the Russian women out uh, for Kohana, let's just pass all the Russians as Kayana. Okay, then that raises other questions because there's other dinim to, for which we treat them as Kayana. But it's interesting to see that, uh, you know, Mahalach Machshava. So the second question, though, what about Shema Hibula? So he says, if there's no reason to suspect, why would we have a discussion? Elamai, she grew up irreligiously. She was in, you know, whatever it was, high school, college. We know generally how they behave in these uh, contexts. So she's a Sophic Bula. So he says, maybe we could uh, involve, uh, you know, a gynecological exam, get a reifa, to see if she's b'chal or not, because that's a concept in Allah for a shivuya. If you're not sure, so that's one way to be mavar, maybe a shivuya who is a basula. Or maybe, uh, well, but he seems, to, he seems to hold that uh, it, should, it should work here. What if we find that she is a bula, and now she comes and says, but it was to a Yehudi kosher. So Amal, Mekaira said, Beishmul said, that people are mevak. Why is that relevant? Neither? No, it's Neither, no. Yeah, only a guy. Um, whatever, I'm saying not just a yid, uh, that doesn't uh, affect this question at all. So it says, the Bishmol says, even a woman who's mezan, she has standards, she prefers, uh, you know, Yidden over guy, but because she's a chiloinus, so there's no concept. She didn't grow up with a distinction of a A lot of people, at least, don't even have a distinction between a guy and a yid. So, Amal, the dairis before the mechitza, Mavdalas was broken. So, people, you know, even someone who's Mazana, probably uh, you could say, oh, they were Makbid, it should be with Yidden. But now, they don't identify as Jewish until they become a scarf. So, why would they uh, pick and choose? Uh, however, he says, according to a number of Achreinim, uh, we still say in the Manas of Cheskas Kashros, and uh, he gets into uh, other questions where well, mother is, you know, we can rely on her. To, she has a child, and the question is, who's the father of the child? And there is a concept that she could be uh, reliable to say who the father of the child is. So she should be reliable to say, if she can tell you certainty that it was only Yidin, Agayim, that should be enough. Um, on the other hand, Bukhair is a Shiloh of Roiv. Roiv, people out there are Goyim. But, um, and it also makes a point of if she has a medical exam, then that makes it worse. Because if she comes along and says, I'm Bula, but it was a year, so she has more than a month. She told you the whole story. 
if the doctor uh, did the exam and she, we see that she's a bula, so then maybe she has lots of uh, demonis now. But then he says, but it could be that it doesn't really prove anything because uh, I heard he says that because women put their put uh, you know stuff there, lisboik damni daisa. So it affects the soul. And anyway, that's how he, uh, he approaches it in a very medicalized uh, way. But it seems like his maskana seems to be that she would have mnemonics in that case. Of course, again, in any, any you know, area where there's a question, Lamaisa, ask or else.